Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles. Chapter 5. Here's Pastor Ryan. Let's turn with me in your Bibles this evening to 2 Chronicles chapter uh, 5. That's 2 Chronicles chapter 5. And give me an amen once you are there. And Father, again, we're so grateful that we can worship you with our lives and have a relationship with you, Lord, just made because of the sacrifice of your only Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, through his blood, we have access, Lord. And here we are, just asking you to bless us as we study your word, Lord. We ask that you would minister to us in a special way, that your Holy Spirit would fall upon us, that uh, your grace would fall upon us, Lord, and that, Lord, you would remove from our hearts any pride, anything that would get in the way from us receiving from you tonight, Lord. So bless our time, we pray, in Jesus' name, and together we say, Amen. All right, so in First Chronicles chapter, uh, or Second Chronicles chapter 5, we begin with, uh, So all the work that Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was finished, and Solomon brought in the things which his, fa- which his father David had dedicated, the silver and the gold and all the furnishings, and he put them in the treasuries of the house of God. And so the work has been complete finally. It took seven years, and it's just a joyous occasion. All of Israel is celebrating. It's a special time when the temple is finally built. I mean, if you think about our own lives and maybe purchasing a house and being able to move in for the first time, but this is just to the 10th degree amazing for the nation of Israel because this is a house for their God, and God is the center of Israel, right? They are a nation that is governed and led by the Lord, and this is his house, and this is their place where they can come together, fellowship, uh, sacrifice to the Lord, and just come together and rejoice. So all of that has just taken place, and And so in verse 2, we read, Now Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief fathers of the children of Israel in Jerusalem, that they might bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord up from the city of David, which is Zion. Therefore, all of the men of Israel assembled with the king at the feast, which was in the seventh month. And so all the elders of Israel came and the Levites took up the ark. And so this is taking place in the seventh month, and which is uh, uh, September, October time, which is the Feast of Tabernacles, which is a absolute wonderful time for them to bring up the ark 
to the temple because the Feast of Tabernacles spoke of uh, God's provision for the nation of Israel while they were in the wilderness for 40 years. We know that he took care of them. We know that he fed them and gave them water from the rock. And he was just, it speaks of God's provisions. And so they're going from camping out and Tabernacles, you know, basically, you know, speaks of being in tents, being out in the wilderness, uh, not not having a, a real place to to solidify your home. And so they're going from the wilderness right into the temple. The tabernacle is going to be coming in. The ark is going to be coming in. And so um, that's a, a wonderful thing. Amen. And so they're going to bring the ark into the temple now that it's done. And we know that the ark of the covenant is that golden box that really was a representation of God's holy presence, his mercy seat. It was a place where the high priest would sprinkle the blood of an offering there for the sins of the people. This is just an incredibly important you know, object for the children of Israel. It's the most important object. And Moses' Ten Commandments are in this. And so it speaks of the presence of God and they're going to bring it up. And whenever we uh, read of the ark being moved, it brings to mind, to me anyways, the first time David tried to bring it up uh, to Jerusalem. And it didn't work out because he didn't do it the way God had ordained for the children of Israel to move the ark around. Remember the story? He was going to bring it from uh, Kirjath Jerim to Jerusalem. And you can uh, read about the story in First Chronicles chapter 13. I'll read it to you, uh, um, but you can turn there or, or just listen. It says in First Chronicles 13, 1, Then David consulted with the captains of the thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said to all the assembly of Israel, If it seems good to you and if it is of uh, the Lord our God, let us send out to our brethren everywhere who are left in all the land of Israel and with them to the priests and Levites who are in their cities and their common lands, that they may gather together to us and let us bring the ark of our God back to us, for we have not inquired at it since the days of Saul. And so he consulted the captains, the leaders, the choice men, and said, and why don't you bring the Levites as well? But just kind of, you know, gathered all of the, the warriors, all of the, the chiefs, if you will, the, the fighters, the mighty men to, to do this. And then we read in that chapter that they carried the ark of God on a new cart from the house of Abinadab and Uzzah and Ahil drove the cart then David and all Israel played music before God with all their might, with singing on harps, on stringed instruments, on tambourines, on cymbals, and with trumpets. And when they came to uh, or, or Kidon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to hold the ark, and the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him because he put his hand to the ark, and he died there before God. And so that was just a huge lesson 
uh, for King David and the children of Israel. Um, I mean, they learned, you know, the seriousness of God and his word. And when it comes to to uh, moving, the moving of this important object, this holy object, that it wasn't to be done flippantly. It wasn't to be done according to their own understanding. It was to be done the way God had prescribed for the children of Israel to do it. And it's a reminder, again, whenever we see the, the, the ark moving, it's good to review this because it, it reminds us that God's a God of order, that God has uh, prescribed uh, uh, manners of doing things in, in, in our lives individually and as a church and even in our workplace. If you think about you know, our lives and our norms. God has placed, you know, the right way of doing things and we are to follow them if we're going to be blessed. Amen? God will not be mocked when it comes to his word and, and the instructions of him. We learn from this story how serious he is. Like he really upholds his word. He really upholds his prescribed manners, a uh, manner of doing uh, things. And if we want to apply that to our own lives, we can. We can, you know, for those of us who are married, you know, are we living according to God's prescribed order and manner, right? Uh, uh, God tells us that the husband is the head of the wife and as Christ is also the head of the church, the savior of the body, right? In Ephesians 5.23, are, are we living up to that husbands? Are we leading our wives as the head of our homes spiritually? If not, if it's a reverse kind of thing, then it's not according to God's prescribed word. And we can learn from this situation with the ark and say, wow, he's really serious about that. And if we want our homes to, to, to be in peace and in harmony, then we should get to the word of God and his prescribed manners for, our, for the way of doing things. Wives are to submit to their husbands. We know that. And, and so sisters, uh, spouses, you can challenge yourself in this. Husbands are to love their wives as Christ uh, loved the church. You know, and we're to love them sacrificially. And, and we know all over the Bible, it, it talks about children obeying their parents as well. The Colossians 3.20 says, children obey your parents in all things for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. And so you see the verses of God's prescribed ways of doing family. The children cannot be the parents and the parents should not be the children. There must be order in our homes because God is a God of order. And then even in our workplace, you know, we have to be respectful to the authority that God has placed over us. Be respectful to to the job, to our bosses and the schedules and being punctual and just unto the Lord, knowing that he has given us that blessing, that job, and he has placed the authority above us to, to bless us and to also help us to be more like Jesus. So we want to be respectful in the workplace as well. Does that make sense? In Romans chapter 13, uh, verse 7, it says, Render therefore to all their due. 
taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. And so that basically covers everybody and all kind of authority and 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 the different arrangements that God has in this world while we occupy and are, you know, light and salt for the Lord, that we have to give honor to whom honor is due unto the Lord. Because we, if we don't, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Amen? Even in the church, this applies, uh, obviously, because if you think of the ark where, you know, it, these soldiers and, and, and these mighty men with David, it was not for them to touch the ark. You know, it was not for them to do things the way they just wanted to. And it's the same with church governance. It's the same with 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 church policy, if you will. It's and uh, we we want to do things in our church that are according to God's prescribed structure, right? And so we know uh, through the New Testament that, or through the whole Bible, actually, that God calls people to certain positions right and in our story it's the levites it's the priests it's the family of aaron they were the ones who were to handle the ark just then because god chose them and in the body of christ god has chosen us and has given us gifts in different positions according to his will not our own and so there are certain things that god says uh it needs to be these specific people. And these are the things that you look out for in order to um, um, promote them to those positions. In Acts chapter 6, uh, when it came to even deacons in the church, which would uh, deal with all the physical aspects of the church. And in the case in Acts 6, it was the distributing of the food to the widows, that God didn't just want anybody to hand out plates of food to the widows. He, it, we're told by Paul, therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit wisdom, uh, whom we may appoint over this business. You see, God has standards and a prescribed uh, a way of doing things and the prescribed people. Look around you. Who has a good reputation? Like who's around often, right? That we know them enough where they have a good reputation and and are full of of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. It just can't be anybody. And, And people don't understand that because they don't have that Bible knowledge. Hopefully as they study the word, they understand God's ways, that he has standards. A lot of times people will come into church and they, they want to get busy and they want to, you know, just start putting their hands to the plow. And we, we appreciate that. We, we, we admire that and we want to encourage them to serve in our church. But we also have to watch their lives. We have to see if they truly have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Because he has a prescribed way. Um, in First Timothy chapter 3, you know, uh, it, it, Paul would say in verses 10 through 14, but let these also first be tested, right? Then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless, you know, and so you see that and you see God's just standards and prescribed ways. Let them first be tested because God doesn't want just anybody serving in his church although he wants you know the world to be saved and he wants people to 
serve in his church. He has standards and the ways of, of doing things. And we want to follow that. We do follow that and we want to be careful to follow that, you know, in our church. Because he has standards. And oftentimes they get mad at me or the church and think that it's a, it's a overbearing, controlling kind of, kind of thing. But that's not true. If you read the scriptures, God commands us to test people to see if they're uh, willing to make the sacrifice uh, uh, to serve the Lord. Because to serve Jesus, it must be sacrificial. There, you must be willing to uh, uh, let go of some of your liberties. Right? If you think about the Levites and uh, Aaron's you know, sons and, and the lineage, they were, uh, they were, they were the, the, you know, that tribe that would just be willing to sacrifice and do that work. And so um, it's still part of it. It's still what, what God is calling uh, today. You know, there's, there's just so much, though, in the scripture about how, how church is to be done. And I'm amazed at how many churches uh, compromise the word of God when it comes to prescribed ways that God wants things to be um, done in churches. We know the verse where it says that God does not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over man, you know, but to... Uh, be in silence for Adam was formed first then Eve and Adam was not deceived but the woman being deceived fell into uh, transgression and so we have these verses where uh, boundaries are are there from the Lord and and yet so many churches you know have uh, you know women referred to as pastors and in that position when it's clear in scripture that that's not to be that's just one example that you'll probably run into and you'll think oh well Calvary Chapel doesn't do that. Well, it's not a Calvary Chapel thing. It's a scripture thing. It's a Jesus thing. It's just a Jesus thing. We have a hard enough time trying to get men to be men. The last thing they need is a, is a pastor woman telling them how to be men. But, so it didn't work for David. And David was upset with God when that happened. It's like, oh my, you know, this, this, this man died. And we read him do it differently when he finally did bring the, the, car, the, the ark up to Jerusalem. And it was three months after in First Chronicles chapter 15, right? Verse 2 through 14. Um, let's turn there. First uh, Chronicles chapter 15. We'll just begin in verse 1 and go through to 14. David built houses for himself in the city of David, and he prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched a tent for it. Um, then David said, uh, no one may carry the ark of God but the Levites, for the Lord has chosen them to carry the ark of God and to minister uh, before him forever. Now, there he is. He's, he's just, there's, the, there's God's a prescribed uh, manner of doing things, right? It's the Levites that he has chosen. And he chose them, not because God, you know, uh, loves them more than anybody else. When it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, when it comes to the callings within the church family, it isn't that God loves anybody any less or any more. He loves us all equally. It's just his 
grace and his will, and this is how he chooses it. And, and we just respond and say, okay, Lord, it's a job that you've called me to do. And even me as a pastor, you know, I'm sure that my calling has been since the foundations of the world. I, I truly believe, just like you believe with your gifts and what God has called you, you know, he had this in store long before we were born. But here we are doing it, right? And, um, and I was called, I, I believe, you know, even before I was born. But that doesn't mean that I got saved and rolled out of bed and, be, and became a pastor. It took time for him to, uh, you know, test me and grind me down like, like gold and silver in a furnace. It's just, just God purifying my life and, and molding me and shaping me for the day that finally the church recognized we think that one there is a pastor. And that's how the church did it. They laid hands on me and I got ordained. And, but it took time. It took God's timing. It took, you know, me being, you know, like I said, molded and, being, and prepared. Not the easy way. It was, it was hard. I'm glad it was hard. Or else our heads would be bigger than this place. Yeah, so be encouraged, you know. God loves us all equally, and um, whatever the calling is, you know, seek the Lord in your life and, and um, know that he's chosen you and, and be patient and wait for his timing. I always thought, you know, God had the, has the power to miracle me in a position if he wants me to, right? Don't you believe that if God wants you to have that job, he'll give it to you? Yeah. So I remember, you know, working for Caltrans and, and, you know, driving over here from Fontana on a Wednesday night to teach, thinking, oh, my Lord, you know, please, please, please. And, but I, I, was, I had a piece that, hey, if he wanted me to be full-time, it would be done like that. So there's something in it for me to just keep making that drive. And then one day he pulled the trigger, thank God, and here I am. Amen? But the second attempt worked. Uh, uh, it said, no one may carry the ark of God but the Levites, for the Lord has chosen them to carry the ark of God and to minister before him forever. And David gathered all Israel to, together at Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord uh, to its place, which he had prepared for it. Then David assembled the children of Aaron and the Levites, the sons of Kohath, Uriel, uh, uh, the chief and 120 of his brethren, the sons of Merari, uh, da, 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 da. go down, go down, go down, go down, please with me. And then uh, down to 11, and David called uh, for Zadok and Abiathar, the priests, and for the Levites, for Uriel, uh, Asael, Joel, Shemaiah, Elihu, uh, Amenadab. He said to them, you are the heads of the father's houses of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, you and your brethren, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel to the place I have prepared for it. For because you did not do it uh, the first time, the Lord our God broke out against us because we did not consult him about the proper, what's that? Order. Right? So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. And the children of the Levites bore the ark of God on their shoulders by its poles as Moses had commanded according to the what? Word. 
the word of the Lord, right? It was the Akisha poles. There was a prescribed way of carrying that. They couldn't just make a new cart and put it on there. God through Moses prescribed it was to be carried through the, on the shoulders with those long poles. But if you go back to where, you know, he failed the first time, think about that. It was a big to-do. If it seems right in your eyes, the population of Israel said, it's right in our eyes, let's do this. He, they, they had the band going. The worship was before the Lord and it was exciting and everybody must have thought this has to be God. He must be in this because look at how wonderfully they're playing. Look at how many of us are here in agreement and then the guy dies. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.